Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur, a lifestyle coach, and a content creator for my brand, LaRue. And if you're here today, it's because you're ready to elevate your lifestyle, live more intentionally, and achieve your dreams. And you found just the right place to do so. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to an always exciting episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. As always, I'm so excited to be here with you today, and today we're talking about something that is highly, critically important to our lives, which is friendships. Friendships can be a defining thing in your life, and I'm really excited to dive into this topic today. I was originally going to do a guest podcast and have my best friend on, but this was a little bit outside of her comfort zone. We started, and we just couldn't get through it because it was a little rough, but I'm very excited to come to you guys today and obviously I'm going to share a lot about my best friend and my friendships and what they've meant for me and how I've grown from really all of my friendships. But the first thing I want to talk about is bringing this subject of friendships in general under the intentional living umbrella or intentionality. As always, you guys know that that's what this conversation is entirely geared towards and then this podcast holds the effect of diving into the nitty gritty of intentionality. So with each podcast, we're talking about a specific subject and bringing it a lot more intentionality into your life, how you can be intentional with these topics and subjects and things and etc. So friendships are wildly, wildly important. Your friends are a group of people, or at least should be, let me say that, should be a group of people who undeniably and undoubtedly support you and love you and are there for you. But that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I feel like I want to dive into that a bit more before I answer a lot of the questions that I received on my Instagram poll. So I want to share with you guys, you know, some specific experiences and what they've taught me about friendship and how I've treated friends in the past and now and how I've also grown from that as well. So recently, you guys know, I think it was either last week's podcast or the week before, you know, I've been opening up a little bit more about my experience in college with my best friend from college. And I was actually out to dinner last night with a new friend of mine. And um, I'm really excited about her. She's wonderful. She was just one of those people that you have like an instant connection with. And immediately into our conversation that we had first met each other at, about five minutes in, we were both just like sharing our life stories. And obviously that was like a soul connection that you don't share with a lot of people. So her and I got dinner last night. And she was telling me about how she moved in with her boyfriend and like just kind of how the process unfolded, how she went from roommate to roommate and then eventually moved in with him. And it brought up a lot of memories with my roommate from college slash my best friend. So I have learned so, so much about myself and about what it means to have good friends around you from that friendship specifically. And I think it's a pretty unique situation given that so much of our friendship in the beginning was immediately so deep because we became very close shortly after my brother died and she was all I had in New York. I'll be very honest and I was so, so grateful to her because 
night after night, I would sit there and cry and cry and cry. And it's not that she needed to say anything. It's not even that she needed to relate to what I was going through because she couldn't. I just needed someone to be there for me, to support me and tell me that it's going to be okay. And that is definitely the friend that I had in her. And a lot, of course, just like all friendships, a lot, a lot, a lot of things happened in our friendship that both, I think, made us stronger and tore us apart. But I will say this, and I said this to my mom throughout our friendship, there were a lot, and I said this actually to um, the friend I went out with last night, looking back as someone who is so much more healed and so much more in touch with who I am and my intuition being that I feel like I'm a very good judge of character of people. When I look back at our friendship, I realize how many red flags there really were, which is quite alarming because my impression of those red flags were to sweep them under the rug and pretend or validate them, pretend that they weren't there or validate them so that I could still be best friends with this girl. And this isn't to say that she was a bad person or that, you know, the friendship was horrible because it certainly wasn't. But there were a lot of things. And I'll say that I'm certain this goes both ways. You know, I'm, I, I know that there were things that I did and things that I said that weren't called for or appropriate. But when I look back at our friendship and I look back at her, there was just so much unsaid, I think, because there was another person involved you know, we lived together and her boyfriend ended up moving in. And that was a cause for a lot of strain in our relationship because there were just a lot of lies. And this was a friendship that I I can look back now and realize it wasn't based on mutual support and trust and love. And it did have a lot of issues. And I think that's why when it reached its end, it was so messy and so hurtful to the both of us. I've learned so much from that friendship in the last two years, two and a half years since I've done my healing work since then. You know, I left New York in September of 2019. So it's almost been three years. And When I think back on this woman and our friendship, you know, I've reached a space where I can be very, very grateful for the role she played in my life. Because like I said, it wasn't just, you know, at the beginning, all I would look back and feel is like immense and intense anger because I was so angry with the way our friendship ended and with the way we treated each other. And now... I look back and I realize, you know, we were both so hurt. And of course, that doesn't validate what either of us did. But we adjust, I think, and then this is this is going to kind of be the segue, I think, into my first really major point, is that for so long, there was so much unsaid between us because we didn't want to hurt someone else's feelings. So, and I'm sure you guys know where I'm going with this. The tension just was building and building until we both bubbled up with anger and resentment that, of course, I'm sure you can imagine the friendship ended in a huge pissing match and us both screaming at each other in anger and hurt. And, you know, I'm not proud of myself for that moment in my life because I certainly could have handled it better. She most certainly could have handled it better. And I think we were both just at a place in our lives where it was time to part ways. 
and we couldn't do that amicably. And so we had to hurt each other. And I got home and then, you know, you guys know the story. I, I got my surgery and I went into recovery. I was on bed rest and all I was sitting there doing was like ruminating and just festering in my own anger and my grief about surgery, about my brother, about this friendship, about my uncle just passing away, about turning 22, all of this crap. And it was just so overwhelming that, you know, the most recent thing that had happened was this blowout fight. So I was pushing all of those emotions into anger about her. I think my first point I would really like to make on this podcast is that I most certainly understand how difficult it can be to be honest with someone when you feel like that honesty might be hurtful. When it's a hard conversation to have because those hard conversations are always uncomfortable. But they are 100% necessary if you want to remain friends with a specific person. There has to be a sort of unsigned mutual contract between two friends that if you want each other in your lives, just like marriage vows, honestly, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, if you want someone in your life that way, that is your confidant, your support system, your trusted best friend, you have to both go into this friendship willing to be honest with each other. And when I say that, I mean about everything about relationships, about jobs, career, goals. You know, if someone did something to piss you off, you got to sit down and talk about it. There was, so, like I said, there was just so much unsaid between the two of us that that is exactly why I think at the end it just boiled over, like completely boiled over. I think if you are unwilling to be honest in a friendship in a, again, I'll say intentional way, you know, you're not going to sit down with someone and say, hey, what you did really fucking pissed me off. That's not the way to handle it. You're an adult, you know, you know how to sit down and have a respectful and positive conversation. My opinion is that I think something else that I realized in regards to this conversation about honesty is also that, and I don't know if, if this is how a lot of people think, but I know that this is how I think. And processing this thought or concept has allowed me, I think, to show up a lot better in my friendships. I think it's that at some point we have to realize our friends, anyone in the world, parents, friends, siblings, bosses, anyone under the sun, those people are not you. And you cannot have the same expectations of someone that you have for yourself. And that goes, I think, even further when you're living with someone. So a lot of this can be turned into a, you know, intimate conversation as in regards to like an intimate relationship you're having as well. So living with a, a significant other. But I think that that's one of the hardest things I had to realize in a friendship was I was expecting my friend, especially like I said, when it was someone I lived with to behave the way I behaved. And I realized that I cannot have that expectation on a friend if I, one, first don't even say what my expectations are, you know? So that goes far beyond the, like I said, kind of mutual unsigned contract of a friendship and this like mutual understanding. You cannot, and I, again, I'll preface this very much so by saying when I say you I'm very much including myself you cannot expect someone to show up in a friendship the way you're showing up does that mean they're showing up 
in opposition to you? Absolutely not. You know, you're not going to go into a friendship with someone that you don't like. What I'm saying is you, you have to, if you have expectations for a friendship, I think you do need to make them clear. And I'm not saying like sit down and be like, okay, you guys both need to make a list and say, this, these are my expectations. These are your expectations. Let's meet them in the middle. That's not <laughs> really a normal conversation to have, I would think. What I am saying is that if you expect something of a friend in regards to the way they're showing up for you, the way they're supporting you, the way they're there for you as often or as little, etc., things like that, and you perhaps have higher than normal expectations, I think that that does need to be verbalized because the way we interpret disappointment in that friendship is that we think they have somehow already known what those expectations are without having that conversation therefore we are disappointed they're not meeting those expectations but they don't actually know what they are i think the first point i'm trying to hit is that if you are in a big friendship right now and when i say big friendship the person that you're thinking about at this very moment is a a soul sister or a soul brother you have signed a soul contract with this person and you show up for each other 110%. If you have that person in your life and you've experienced rifts with them or tough spots, which I think every healthy relationship goes through, friendship, you know, physical, intimate relationship, parental, sibling, etc. All relationships will go through these highs and lows. But I think that maybe evaluating where you're at and thinking, okay, maybe I just need to be more clear about my expectations and them with me. That way we're both showing up for each other the way we want each other to. Because I don't think it's too much to ask a friend, you know, these are what I, this is what I need from you. And if you can't meet that expectation, just let me know. So there's no tension. So I think that starting there is a really good place to evaluate friendships because if you don't, like like I'm saying, and I, I know that it won't end the same way that my previous friendship ended because that's not always the case, but I think that if you don't make things more clear and you don't address issues head on as they're happening and you just let the tension build, you could potentially end a friendship with someone who you weren't meant to end things with, if that makes sense. Because, you know, as I look back almost three years later, I have very much so realized that we weren't meant to be friends forever and we served a purpose in each other's lives in those times and during college and we showed up for each other then. But I told myself for a really long time, despite seeing these red flags, that we were going to be best friends forever. And that gave me really high expectations of a friend that I never verbalized. And that was my own issue. And then we both continued to dance around issues that we were experiencing that were causing tension until, like I said, things just kind of, you know, shit hit the fan type of situation. So that leads me into what I just talked about as far as soul contracts. I think that if you're doing this intentional work, that if you're healing, that you're if you're waking up and addressing the elephants in the room each day, you're in touch with your intuition, your emotions, you are confident in your goals and in your future and you're living intentionally, I think you have a unique advantage in the area of friendship. One of the things, actually, I'll, I'll take that back. The thing I was looking forward to most when I was moving to Jersey slash New York is knowing 
what kind of women and friendships I would be surrounding myself with. Since moving here, which has just passed two months, I have met and continued to make extraordinary friendships and I have met some amazing people. Now, I'll say this, of course, like I said, I have my best friend back home, Megan, and another close friend that is our mutual friend. And, you know, Megan and I have known each other for years, I think since we were eight and we used to dance together and we practically grew up together, but we never went to any of the same schools and we weren't always best friends. You know, we were just like people, we were both, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say acquaintances. Like we were, we were friends, but we never hung out because we went to different schools. And then when I moved home two and a half years ago to have my surgery and stuff, she was all I had. She was the only person I was still really connected with in Florida And if I wanted someone to literally hold my hand through what I knew was going to be a very difficult journey ahead, that was her. And it made us incredibly close. And I'll say this about Megan, which is really my favorite, favorite thing about her. Megan is wildly supportive of her friends. I feel like you can really get a good sense of people when you tell them your goals and Sometimes you can hear that like underlying tone of judgment or jealousy. And I think it's just super awkward because from there forward, you know, okay, when I accomplish something, they're not going to be 100% happy for me or they're just going to question it or judge it, blah, blah, blah. Throughout this entire journey of building LaRue, of launching new products, new platforms, new programming, etc. Everything I've done, Megan has not only supported it but from the moment I thought the thought (laughs) I thunk the thought I don't know what I'm trying to say from the moment I had the idea and I verbalized it Megan was just like you got this shit you can do it I'm so excited helped me along the process she was proofreading editing she helped me with a bunch of stuff like that for me is not I wouldn't say above and beyond support because that's what I think of in a best friend But I had never been shown that love and support and care from a friend in my entire life. I was, and this isn't a reflection on Megan. This is certainly a reflection on me. When I first had the idea for LaRue, I was scared to tell her because I was scared to be judged. And then for months, all this woman did is support me and love me and care for me and cheer me on. And I was like, where the fuck have these friends been all my life? Like, why have I never experienced this before? And I think that that's when I started really like analyzing, I guess, more of my past friendships because I've never in my life been that girl that has like, you know, 50 friends and I hang out with a ton of different friend groups. And I went through phases in my life where I had really close friends, you know, like I had two really close friends in high school and previous ones in middle school. And I also had three best friends in college. So the one who was the previous roommate and then two other girls that were a part of my major in college and one of whom I'm still very close with. I have so much respect and love for both of these women, but there's so much distance between us, right? I mean, like physical distance. So one of them lives in upstate New York. The other one lives in Maryland. And she actually helps me with, the brand as well. She does all of my proofreading and editing for all of the blog content. And this woman, again, is one of those people that has supported me so much throughout my journey. 
And her and I have, I think, a special bond because she lost her mother, you know? So I have these friendships that have made me and gotten me to a place to realize that there doesn't have to be, let alone should there be, this underlying, I want to say, pettiness or resentment in a friendship because that's just not a true friendship. It just isn't. So when I say soul connection, what I'm talking about is if you guys haven't had this realization yet, or this is something you're learning about, I will likely do a podcast on this in the future. We come into this world with a soul contract in hand. What that means is that we are born into this, you know, 3D dimensional world understanding exactly what it is we've signed up for and how our lives will unfold. Do we know all this information? Absolutely not. This is what we chose before we came onto this 3D plane. So we don't get to carry that information with us, meaning, you know, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know when I'm going to reach my success. I know when I'm going to die. Of course not. These soul contracts are what we chose. And I believe how it plays out is we get like several options of soul contracts and we choose the one we're most drawn to based on past life experiences and how we're going to show up in this life, meaning at the very baseline of that, are you a good person or a bad person? And a part of those soul contracts is knowing exactly who and what other souls you're going to interact with. And I think for me, that's my understanding of the saying, people come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. My previous roommate slash best friend was definitely a reason slash a season. (laughs) She was there for me when I needed someone most, and she definitely has given me a very, very great understanding of friendship and given me several learning opportunities to understand what it means to have a good and supportive friend. And when we come into these lives with these soul contracts in hand, a big, humongous part of that is knowing that whatever we experience, good or bad, we are not alone in. And that goes far beyond just our familial support that goes to friendships who we choose to surround ourselves with in our lives is beyond important and to some degree I think it is very important as well to surround yourself with people who have not necessarily similar goals in the sense of like you know specific goals being this is my career goal this is my you know long-term 10 or 5 or 10 year plan what I mean when I say that is that you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. People that believe in the lifestyle that you believe in, intentionality, people who you know connect with you I think on a spiritual level. I think for me that is what it means to have truly great big friendships is surrounding yourself with people who Even if you come up with a wild idea of what it means to live life or spirituality or intentionality or whatever that means for you, even if it's crazy or madness, these friends sit down, listen to what you have to say about it and support you. If you sit down tomorrow and tell your best friend, I'm going to go back to school, I'm going to study politics and I'm going to become the president of the United States. (laughs) is that friend going to laugh and be like, you're crazy? Or is that friend going to be like, okay, tell me where to sign up. How do I support you? You know what I mean? Like, I know that that's a, you know, silly example, but 
I guess to just broaden the scope of it all, that's what I mean is friends who have your back 110% no matter what. And I want to make something clear that I kind of hit on before, but I want to make this very, very crystal clear. Something else I've learned about friendships when I kind of on the similar note to expecting your friends not to be you and show up as you is also that we all carry our own baggage. We all carry our own traumas. We've all experienced life differently. And I think, you know, and this is actually just, I'll be very honest, this is pretty hard for me to admit, but when I was in college going through what I was, I didn't have a lot of friends who had experienced death, especially to the capacity that I had. And, you know, not even just about my brother. I, I've lost two best friends. I'm very familiar with death. And at some point, I was so out of touch with my own grief and so distraught about it without admitting it was there that, wow, this is really hard for me to say. Um, at some points, I was getting to a place where I kind of resented my friends for not relating to me on that level I was like almost angry that they weren't understanding my pain to the degree it was there and you know that's first off very very selfish of me to expect of my friends and second off why would I ever want to my friends to understand you know how deep of a pain that is but unfortunately I think that's a truth of life and whether you've experienced that or not eventually you will but anyways (laughs) we're talking about friendships (laughs) So back to my point, I think that, like I said, on the same note of not expecting your friends to be just like you, I think we also have to understand. And at some point, we have to take complete responsibility for our lives, for our emotions and for our traumas. Can your friends sit there and let you cry on their shoulder, support you, rub your back, tell you it's all going to be okay? Absolutely. I think that is the duty of every good friend. However, Can you or should you expect of them to have advice or sit there and, you know, kind of riff off these ideas with you and say, this is what you need to do? Or can you expect them to sit there and say, yes, I understand exactly what it is you're going through? Absolutely not. I think that that's a mistake I've made in previous friendships. And that has given me a space for resentment that I no longer have because I've worked on my own traumas and dealt with them. But, you know, there are going to be friends and people in your life who show up who can relate to these traumas. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us have been through similar traumas. And I think it's wonderful if you can surround yourself with people who can support you on that even deeper level. But is that required of a friend? Absolutely not. You know, at some point, everything in your life is going to return to you. And if you cannot support yourself in that way, I certainly don't think we can expect other people to support us in that way. So when I was expecting this of my former best friend and I was resenting the fact that she couldn't be there to support me for it, it was because I couldn't support myself. It was because I couldn't support and address my grief on my own. So I think that having this understanding that it's not that I ever need you. And when I say I, you know, I mean like this is the general conversation of it. It's not that I ever need a friend to show up and sit down and say, I understand exactly what it is you're going through. 
And I'll say this, you know, kind of going back to the grief podcast around this is that if I have a best friend who's also lost a sibling, despite the fact that we've both been in similar situations, no one's ever going to understand what that means. Like, and I said this exactly in the grief podcast, we understand what it's like to lose a sibling at the very base level, meaning the death of a person. However, our experiences were 100% different because her sibling was not my sibling and my sibling was not her sibling. So that's why grief is just like, you know, this completely different experience with everyone, but I'm getting off topic. Anyways, what I'm saying is there needs to be support without judgment. There needs to be support without expectation. There just needs to be support. That is what friendship is all about. Supporting you in your absolute best times as your best cheerleader in supporting you when you are feeling the weight of the entire world. So now that we're 30 minutes in, (laughs) I think that's pretty much all I want to say on big friendships is, you know, finding that group of people that you trust with everything and that you can go to when you're ready to celebrate your monumental wins and that you can also go to, like I said, when you're feeling the weight of the world. So anyways, there were a couple of really interesting questions that I got on the Instagram poll that I did that I'd love to hit because I think that they're just kind of interesting uh, side conversations to have around friendships. And a lot of them centered around when the best friend gets, when one of the best friends gets a significant other. And, (laughs) you know, this is funny because my mom was actually just talking to me and I say this all the time, but my mom is like my true best friend that woman is my heart and soul of her dearly. She just said to me, you know, now that I've left, she's she's feeling it. She's really sad. <laughs> and um, she was saying to me, things are going to change even more when you get a boyfriend because you're not going to have time for me. And that made me so sad. I was just like, oh my gosh, mom. No, that's not true. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're my person. I love you. And putting this objectively, I kind of started thinking about Megan's significant previous significant other and I mentioned this briefly on the dating podcast that I just did boyfriends and girlfriends do change best friend relationships they do because now not only are you kind of adding a new person into the mix but it's also someone who your best friend likely has very intense feelings for you know So the time becomes split and energies become split and person who has both the best friend and the significant other now has higher expectations of themselves of I've got to show up for not just one, but two people now. And I do think that it does change the dynamic of a friendship, but do you know how many other things in the world change the dynamics of friendships? Having a significant other is nothing, as long as it's a good person and and a good fit for the best friend. It should be nothing but a experience to celebrate. Is it going to change things? Yeah. But you're also going to get into a relationship one day. And you're also going to see the other side of that. And I think that despite the fact that it changes the dynamic, it shouldn't change what it means to be in that friendship. You both are just showing up a little differently. And I think that just like any good thing, the friendships in and out of relationships, finding, you know, that soul connection and getting married, having kids, blah, blah, blah. All of those things 
will change the way a friendship works, but I don't think it should ever change what it means to be in that friendship. You guys are just showing up for each other in different ways. And if for some reason it is changing the dynamic of a friendship in a way that doesn't feel great for one of you or both of you, again, I'll go back to the very original point of this podcast, meaning you need to sit down and have a conversation with each other. If the person who is not in the relationship is feeling left out or abandoned or whatever it is, any negative emotion, one, I would say you need to internally address that, meaning where are you abandoning or making yourself feel lonely? And two, you need to sit down and have that conversation and not ever, ever in a way that is accusatory saying, you're abandoning me. This is what you're doing. No, that is not a way to have a healthy conversation. You need to sit down and say, hey, this is the way I'm feeling. I'm sure this is not what you're intending, but I just miss you and I'd love to spend more time with you or I'd love to do this or see if we can try this out so that, you know, I am getting some time with you because I miss you. You know, you don't ever, and I mean this with like any conversation you're, any tough conversation you're going to have ever in the future. I don't think it's ever a good approach to sit down and accuse someone of something because it's likely that they think they're not doing what you're technically accusing them of. So to sit down and say, hey, you have done this to me and you've made me feel this way is just not a healthy approach. When your best friend gets a BF or a GF, that was really cringy, I'm sorry. Um, I think it's just kind of good, again, maybe reevaluate that expectations talk, you know, sit down and have an expectations talk, especially when the best friend is going through that kind of honeymoon phase. You know, there's a lot going on. They're really happy. They're, you know, vibing, I guess. And I think just reevaluating, reevaluating the expectations for that friendship might be good at that moment, because like I said, just like with everything good in your life, it will ebb and flow. And another good question I got that I can definitely speak on is what if the two best friends are living in two different places? So as you very much so know, Megan is back in Florida and I am here. You know, Megan and I aren't like, I I don't know how this might work in other friendships, but Megan and I don't talk every day. You know, like we're not constantly texting. We're not constantly on the phone. You know, I just like when we have something to say to each other, we text or if someone's going through something, you know, we're there, but it's not like a constant dependency, I would say. For me, that works. Like I, and I think that that comes a lot from me being very comfortable with my own space and with my own company and same with Megan. So, you know, we're not constantly talking and I think that's fine. That works for me. You know, does that say we're not best friends? Absolutely not. Megan is one of the loves of my life and she supports me in everything that I do. So, and obviously vice versa. So I think that if you're living in two different places and that is something that you're not comfortable with, when I say that, I mean not talking all day every day or not talking every night on the phone or whatever that looks like for you, like that baseline normalcy, I guess. If you're feeling distance and you're feeling lonely, I think that that's an internal address you need to make before you address it in a friendship. Because for me, as an intentional living coach, the entire base of this conversation, meaning the conversation around intentionality, is so that you 
not only are comfortable with your own company, but you love your own company. Because the entire, I guess, slogan of intentional living is that you are giving yourself everything you need and anything else beyond that is just a cherry on top. A best friend, a significant other, a job, a whatever you want to do, fill in the blank. All of those are just cherries on top. You are the cake. You are the cake. So if you're feeling that a physical distance is creating a emotional distance in a friendship, I would say that try and address that first. Where are you making yourself feel lonely? Where are you not showing up fully for yourself? And I think I feel really comfortable saying this because Last year, Megan got a new job and it created a very big emotional distance between us. I was honestly at a point where I just thought Megan and I weren't friends anymore because we were never speaking to each other. And it was just like when we did speak, it was very awkward. I could never see her. And it took a lot for us to finally recover from that because Megan was going through so much emotionally. You know, she wasn't the type to verbalize that. And I am. Again, this is where that conversation of making sure you're not expecting your friends to show up as you because that's what I was doing. I was expecting Megan to just call me and be like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Can we talk about this? And Megan is not that type of person. So it was wrong of me to expect that of her and then, you know, kind of be upset with her that she wasn't doing that. So I was really at a place where I was just like, okay, I guess, you know, and obviously I didn't say this because I was much more emotional and sad about it, but I really did think that our friendship was kind of coming to an end. And then... I don't remember what exactly happened. Oh, we got like coffee or something. Like we finally saw each other for the first time in months, despite the fact that we were living 20 minutes away from each other. And we got coffee and we kind of just kind of, we kind of just talked everything out. We caught up and it just, within the hour, we just fell seamlessly back into our best friend routine and we were laughing and it was just like no time had passed. You know what I mean? So then we kind of addressed all of that and everything went back to normal, you know? So again, like I said, friendships are going to ebb and flow. And sometimes that can mean a little bit of a hiatus from a friendship. And I think that's okay. You know, was I hurt in that time? I was, I was really hurt. But was Megan also hurting in her own way? Yeah. And it was wrong of me to expect her to show up in our friendship the same way I would. So I think that's what I've got for you guys today. This was a bit of a longer solo podcast, but you know, I could go on and on about this conversation around friendships because in the intentional living conversation itself, the people who you surround yourself with are very much so a reflection of who you are. Your energies, this, I think this is actually probably the biggest point I should hit and that I didn't really say. I did in, you know, other words I would say. Not only are the people you surround yourself with a reflection of who you are, but who you let into your life in a friendship capacity, especially at this higher capacity that we're talking about, so best friends, soul connection friends, you are in an energy exchange with these people. You are consuming their energy. They are consuming yours. They are defining who you are. You are defining who they are. And I think that If you aren't going into a friendship at this big level, understanding that, and then you're disappointed when someone shows up not in the way you want them to, it's because the energy exchange that's happening isn't healthy for either of you. And that's exactly what was happening with my former best friend, is that there was so much unsaid that I was allowing what she was doing, the actions she was taking, 
to consume my energy and vice versa. And I think, honestly, I can look back at that and just realize like that was truly toxic for both of us. And without having those conversations, you know, I can't say that we wouldn't have still been friends today because the healthy thing to do was have those conversations and kind of release that toxic energy exchange and we just weren't doing it. So if you are surrounding yourself with a certain type of people and they are consuming your energy, I think the baseline to start with is asking yourself, are you okay with that? Because you are allowing these people to define and shape who you are. And again, the same way goes for them. So showing up in a friendship and asking yourself, do I like this person's energy? Do I like who they are? Because eventually, as you grow into that friendship, you're going to become a part of that. And they are going to become a part of who you are. And if you're not okay with the way they show up in life and their values and their beliefs, I I don't see the point in continuing a friendship. And I know that that probably sounds really harsh, but if you are living intentionally, I think honestly one of the most important things about you is, and, and something that says a lot about you is who you choose to surround yourself with. So, um, despite how potentially controversial the end of this podcast may have gotten, I think that this was a very productive conversation. We all want nothing more than to surround ourselves with amazing people and people that we love and people that support us and who we support. So, if you're having trouble finding friends, And if you're having trouble creating these soul connections, I think it's because, and you know, I was at a point where I was and I was feeling so lonely because I couldn't find my right people. It's because there's still work to be done and there's always work to be done. And when I was moving to New York, I knew that I was going to finally create that group of people that I could feel this energy exchange with that was empowering and enlightening and I was learning from them and they're learning from me and it's just this wonderful beautiful symphony of friendship so if you're having trouble finding that or you haven't found that yet or you're building that just know that if you're on your own right now it's because you're going through a period of growth and you're not ready to surround yourself with those people yet because all you need to surround yourself with right now is yourself You need to love and honor yourself so that when you are ready to step into these friendships, you know how to show up for them and they know how to show up for you. And if you do have these group of friends, I'm so happy for you because I think that says a lot about how you've shown up for yourself in the past and the healing work that you've done. So that's what I've got for you guys today. As always, I'm honored you have joined me on this podcast. I love you all dearly and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.